He uses many names. He has been a fraudster since his late teens. The con artist is all over today's film and TV, so are we supposed to be appalled by this figure, or are we actually impressed? Today's new era of con artists aren't the hardened film noir criminals of the past. They're slick, manipulative social media scammers or glamorous-looking hustlers determined to fake it until they make it. I work for my success. I earn my accomplishments. But there are still a few common traits that define the con artist. They seek power through first creating an image or idea around themselves. Billy McFarlane went out of life with the perks of the Black American Express card, so he created it for himself. Con artistry is about gaming the system to accrue influence and status and then leveraging that into concrete gains, like money. My background is financial, and this in a lot of ways is a financial crimes investigation. These crimes are often financially motivated. That's one reason some con artists can be fairly sympathetic, because if their victims are rich members of high society or investors with money to spare, we might feel less bad about watching them get taken in. Anna could have any building she wants, but she picks a building owned by the biggest, the richest real estate mogul in Manhattan. The con artist character is also kind of a genius. There's a reason we call them con artists. Morals aside, there is undeniable skill to what they do. Everyone, you know, almost worshipped the ground she walked on. She could do no wrong. She was the next Steve Jobs. And finally, there's Shapeshifter. I wasn't pretending no more to have another identity. I stole one. Underpinning the con artist has always been an ability to change their identity and be whoever their target wants them to be. Which raises the question, how do we even know who the con artist really is? Everyone I spoke to, every single person, described you very differently. Almost as if all of them were talking about a lot of different people. Today, this is even harder than ever, as what exactly constitutes a con or a scam is less and less clear. In the recent stories about big tech cons, we see entrepreneurs making huge promises, but this is just part of the whole hustle to score big funding. So when does the exaggerating or lying cross a line? Is it only if they fail that we dub them frauds? Hashtag fire fraud. And in the new Web 3.0 world of NFTs and cryptocurrencies, which few people truly understand in depth, it's even easier for people to get pulled in by slick market Marketing proposals with empty promises. Seth Green fell for a phishing scam that has led to his NFTs getting stolen. Here's our take on the modern con artist and whether today's scams and hustles are just becoming something we're all expected to take part in. Pay attention. Maybe you'll learn how to be smart like me. I doubt it. But you can dream. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get notified about all our new videos. If we do have a quiet admiration for con artists, that's because they often are artists. Whether you're talking about the letter writing of Lee Israel and Can You Ever Forgive Me? P.S. I have a new grandkid and he got my old nose. Yeah, I can definitely get a lot more for this one. I mean, the P.S. makes it priceless. The impersonations and check forgeries of Frank Abagnale Jr. in Catch Me If You Can. Or the fact that Rudy Kurniawan, the subject of sour grapes, was able to create fake versions of priceless bottles of wine by blending other varieties in his kitchen. We found bottles that were unlabeled that had handwritten notations like formulas 
Our modern era's films and shows are particularly fascinated with true stories of hustlers who pulled off scams that seem too unbelievable for fiction. Inventing Anna looks at Anna Delvey's artistry and persona creation. The series unpacks how the fake socialite successfully sold the elite on an idea of her as an heiress with huge potential and the highest standards. I've definitely seen you at Soho House, right? Oh, no, no I, I don't go there. I'd rather hang out at the McDonald's or maybe start my own club where I reject their members. And in the Tinder swindler, there's something incredible about how Simon Leviev perfected a pattern of manipulation, convincing Tinder dates that they'd found true love with a billionaire before conning them into giving him hundreds of thousands of dollars. He can always say, I was just borrowing the money. It's almost like the perfect scam. While examples like Delvey and Lviv were blatantly deceptive, in other examples, the line of where con artistry begins gets murkier. The Dropout and We Crash look at controversial former tech stars Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos and Adam Newman of WeWork, who were once seen as incredible entrepreneurs redefining their respective industries, and likewise believed themselves to be game-changing visionaries. In The Dropout, Elizabeth's origin story paints her as a scrappy, tenacious underdog, ready to smash the glass ceiling thanks to her intelligence and ambition. You're gonna have to find a new source of revenue. For example, a wellness center. Oh, you're good. She's good. We Crashed underlines how Adam perfected an idealism and a vision that's common to all entrepreneurs and just excelled far more at the game that you need to play to get the kind of investment you need to be a unicorn company. I want you to build your dreams, to find yourself, and I want you to not be afraid to fail. In both cases, as the reality of their business starts to diverge from the vision they've sold of it, the founder's refusal to depart from the nice-sounding story veers more and more into lying or fraud, which in the case of Theranos means endangering actual patients' health. That's not the way you approach science that's going to be impacting people's lives. But plenty of tech success stories do incur heavy financial losses or seem like risky over-promises for many years as they spend money to grow. They're just the real thing to us because we believe the hype and give them enough time for big bets to pay off. Engineering is all about trade-offs. And, and what Musk has successfully done is convince people that there aren't trade-offs. He just picks the better choice. Whether they win or lose, what underpins these modern con artists is the smoke and mirrors of it all. In classic con artist films like The Sting or The Oceans franchise, this smoke and mirrors is laid out almost like a magic trick, with a series of intricate moving parts all working together to fulfill a goal. First task, reconnaissance. I want to know everything that's going on in all three casinos, from the rotation of the dealers to the path of every cash card. Now, it's more based on image and glamour that's projected to a greater public or a set of investors. I don't want to see your deck. I don't look for companies. I look for founders. These con artists sell a dreamlike vision to dress up the truth, hoping that by the time they get found out, either they'll have achieved the vision they were always aiming for, or they'll have gotten out of Dodge. Today's sponsor, Stamps.com, saves so much time and money that you may even feel like a con artist yourself. I cannot recommend this service enough. As the summer comes to a close and we move into the holiday season, it's time to prepare for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping. 
Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to give you a great head start. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. This stress-free solution allows you to print postage wherever you do business using a computer and printer. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop that goes beyond saving you time and helps you save money, too. With inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect your margins with major discounts on both USPS and UPS rates up to 86% off. Since rates are constantly changing, you can use Stamps.com's switch and save feature to easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code THETAKE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code THETAKE. Con artists are born not just out of grandiose visions, but also out of desperation. These characters might start out as Robin Hoods, having noble and good intentions even if they break the law. In Money Heist, the criminals are undeniably the heroes, targeting not ordinary people, but an unequal, unjust society. O ganamos los dos, o perdemos los dos! Coronel, es hora de reconocerlo. Many con artist films are set in global financial crises. In Paper Moon and Oh Brother Where Art Thou, we see how the Great Depression forces people to grift and scam in order to survive. It's not about making big sums of money. You have to be ingenious, resourceful, and a little loose with the truth just to make do. Why don't you just give me a $10 bill? Here's the five, the five ones there. That way I won't be so quick to see it break apart. So perhaps another contributing factor to the modern resurgence of the con artist trope was the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis, which hit ordinary people the hardest. In Hustlers, a group of strippers scam wealthy Wall Street clients. But the disparity between those rich men and the more hand-to-mouth existence of the women is stark, so we're likely to intuitively sympathize with the scammers. This game is rigged. And it does not reward people who play by the rules. Jennifer Lopez's Ramona also rationalizes that the financial elite are the ones who truly scammed our country in serious ways and deserve some payback. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. Other films that have gone deep into the financial crisis have likewise framed Wall Street as not far from scammers and grifters who took advantage of people and of flaws in the system for self-serving ends. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. It's a fake. It's a fake. It's a wazzy. It's a woozy. It's a fairy dust. Our attraction to con artists on screen depends a lot on who's being conned. It's easier to sympathize when they're going after the rich elite, but our allegiance tends to run out when they exploit regular folks or especially vulnerable people. I Care A Lot follows a con artist who exploits guardianship law to prey on the elderly and comes across as wholly unlikable. I just do what is right for your mother. So yes, I manage your mother's money because someone has to. Now we're in the market for a new client. Got anyone for us? In Inventing Anna, Anna's deceiving rich people plays as more fun and fanciful because it lacks major consequences. If you press charges with the DA, you might still be able to get your money back. Oh, I got all my money back. My friend Donna works at Federal Credit. Works well. <laughs> She's the CEO. When Anna causes serious financial stress for non-rich people who consider her a friend, though, this feels like a more disturbing violation. Anna, still no wire. Have to pay work credit card ASAP. Oh no, so sorry bank screw up. 
In The Dropout, we're likely to enjoy Elizabeth taking on the men in her industry who underestimate her, but clearly not when she's deceiving patients who need accurate blood tests. This disregard for patients' lives was unconscionable. They hurt people. In We Crashed, likewise, it's one thing for Adam Newman to talk VCs into giving him lots of funding, but he becomes increasingly unsympathetic as it gets clear his rhetoric of we has all been empty. He's interested in enriching himself and more than willing to screw over the regular WeWork employees who'd been underpaid for years while they were promised a big IPO payout. An IPO is out of the question. And while many of those workers never saw a dime, Newman is a billionaire who's jumping back into the entrepreneurial game with a new crypto company. Even if carbon credits are a good thing, you know, even if you sort of suspend your skepticism about them, it like, is Adam Newman really the right founder that you're going to back to execute on that vision? Modern con artists are often experts at leveraging that likable, desperate con man sense that they're relatable underdogs taking on the system. Bezos started at a Starbucks. You're gonna be the first billionaire to start in a supply closet. It'll make for a great story. Except they lack any real intention to make positive or meaningful change. Our tendency to find sympathetic backstories for the con artist is so ingrained that in inventing Anna, journalist Vivian expects that Anna's extreme behavior must have come out of some tragic or crime-ridden childhood. Vivian is shocked when she discovers Anna's parents were pretty normal, loving people just doing their best, and there's no real explanation for Anna. She's your daughter, she did bad things, and now she's famous. What do we have to do with that? Still, Adam and Anna are portrayed as acting out of a certain kind of desperation, to live a bigger, good life, to be taken seriously and treated as important. I'm not some dumb socialite. I'm a player. So maybe Vivian's desperation to find some deeper reason for Anna's behavior stems from the fear that we can all see something of ourselves in her. Texting somebody that doesn't even know who you are? There's a word for that. It's called catfishing, and I'm pretty sure it's illegal. The internet has changed the con artist, so much so that we even have a new name for it. Catfishing is the quintessential 21st century con. The term was first coined by the 2010 documentary, and then in the spin-off TV series, to refer to people who adopt different personas on dating profiles. So, you must be Mike? Yes, I am Mike. How are you doing today, Jasmine? and it's since been explored in films like Sierra Burgess is a Loser, Love Hard, and Dear Evan Hansen. While it's not something we're all guilty of, catfishing utilizes techniques that almost all of us employ on social media. We embellish facts, filter pictures, and present an idealized version of ourselves that might not be strictly true, or at least not the whole truth. I'm pretty good at Photoshop. When you add in today's deep fake technology and the rise of fake news, we're living in a world that's more than ever removed from and uninterested in black and white objectivity or facts. In fact, online scamming is now so routine that when things like Fire Festival, the Tinder Swindler, or NFT scams blow up publicly, some people are less inclined to feel for victims. Since we know the internet is this wild west place where you need to be vigilant, some may look down on people who fall for these tricks. So many people have said that they would have known it was coming, I would never fall to the tricks of a, of a fraudster. And scammers who are exposed don't necessarily fail forever. They might even gain fans and admirers. The Tinder swindler has leveraged what was a pretty damning documentary to grow his brand, attracting a large social media following, launching an NFT collection, and even selling merchandise. There's also a cameo page where fans can pay Simon for a video message shout out. What's up, everybody? Here is Simon Levive. I'm so excited to be here. Whatever you want, birthday, anything, 
Just shout out. Anna Delvey, also a social media star, was a paid consultant on Inventing Anna and has a docu-series in the works. And while she's spent time behind bars, she has achieved her central goal of becoming famous. And what do you think I want? To be rescued, to be found innocent? No, you want to be famous. Everyone will know the name Anna Delvey. So not only do the lines between what is and isn't a con and what is or isn't success feel completely murky, but our reactions to these cons are also more and more subjective. Is all this just the new reality of living in a digital world? Maybe the real victim of this new con artist's world is all of us, because what our sympathy toward con artists reveals is how little value we place on the truth now. What matters is what you can get people to believe, how much you can profit from your own self-created myth, and that's a scary world to be living in. I feel bad for whatever happened to myself. I want to clear my name. This is not true. Thanks again to Stamps.com. This video sponsored the easiest way to pay for postage online.